You are listening to The Pause Podcast with Dr. Benji Epstein, a podcast where we'll be giving ourselves the permission to pause. This will be a practical guide to live a life with courage, presence, and authenticity. Reconnect with your most soulful and authentic self by pausing together. Welcome back. It's so good to be here again with you. I'm Benji Epstein, and this is The Pausecast. How's your week been so far? Taking time, making regular visits to yourself? I think we're going to call this one Living in the Presence. And for those of you who are keeping score at home, that is also the name of my book. And is that a shameless plug? I don't think so. Is it a plug? Definitely. We're going to definitely include it in the show notes. And I'm calling this one an introduction to Jewish mindfulness. We say and speak about mindfulness a lot, but we really want to be careful and intentional to define terms. So today we're just going to talk about what is mindfulness and how could it inform the spiritual practitioner. And as with most of these podcasts, we're going to finish up today with a mindfulness practice because so much of what we're talking about has to be practiced, has to be experienced. And we're so happy and overwhelmed by the feedback and looking forward to hearing you share about your own experiences with mindfulness, with meditation, and seeing how these transformative activities can really inform your moment-by-moment life. So fundamentally, mindfulness, it's a pretty simple concept. The power of it, just like the ideas of what we're sharing, it lies in the practice and the applications. And the definition for mindfulness that we like to use here at Pause was proposed by one of our teachers, John Kabat-Zinn, who is a pioneer in bringing mindfulness-based stress reduction to the West and has subsequently been the godfather of all of the mindfulness-based clinical programs that are taught in graduate school, which is where I learned about these revolutionary techniques. And the way he defines mindfulness is as a means of paying attention in a particular way. And we all know how to pay attention. We all do it. We've all been told since we've been very young, pay attention, pay attention. But here we are a little bit older, maybe a little bit wiser. But it's a particular way of paying attention. And that's on purpose, in the present moment, and non-judgmentally. On purpose, in the present moment and non-judgmentally. And he sometimes likes to add as if our lives depended on it, which on some level, in some way, they actually do. What this kind of attention does is it nurtures a greater awareness. It nurtures a greater clarity and most importantly, an acceptance of our present moment reality. And what's really great about when we start to pay attention is that it wakes us up to the fact that our lives only unfold in moments, right here, right now. Be here now. And of course, the flip side of this is that if we're not fully present for those moments, the moment by moment of paying attention to our daily lives, we're going to end up not only missing what's most valuable in our lives, but we're going to miss out or we're going to fail to realize the possibilities for growth, for what we've talked about, for the transformation to occur. 
So you don't need to have ADHD like me to realize that our minds are hardly ever in the present moment. But what our minds are conditioned to do is rehash the past or rehearse for the future. And regardless of whatever mind state we find ourselves in, and you know, you could pause for one moment here and say, hey, am I, am I here right now? Or am I thinking about what I need to get done? Or am I thinking about what I was supposed to be doing? Or what I could have done differently? But when we're in those states of either rehashing or rehearsing, we're definitely not in the present moment. And we've missed it. And what's happening in the present moment is that it's the only moment that we really have to be alive, to make our decisions, to grow, to heal, and to show up, to be there for the people in our lives, to show up for ourselves. And it's all we have to be, period. I guess you could say if you're not bringing our attention to this moment, we end up living most of our lives on autopilot, lost in thought, literally lost in thought, you know? How did we get here? How did I end up on this bus? How did I end up on the front lines to Gaza? How did I get there, right, Ben? So it feels like this moment, the one we're in right now, yeah, it's not really worth paying attention to. I'd much rather plan the trip to Disney World. I'd much rather plan for my retirement. I'd much rather plan for that wonderful future for those great times ahead. But if we haven't, and this has been like the real, the strongest selling point uh, for me, and I see it in my own life. If we haven't cultivated, if we haven't developed, if we haven't practiced the skill of learning to be present in those moments that we might quote unquote feel aren't really worth paying attention to, then when those moments do ultimately arise, are you able to be present for them? And chances are, unless you've cultivated this ability to train your mind, and this is a training of present moment awareness, if you haven't trained your mind to stay in the present moment, then the mind's going to do what it's always done, which is, once again, rehash the past or rehearse for the future. And this isn't just a nice idea. And I don't mean to sound too emphatic about this, too dogmatic about this, thank you. But for the Jewish practitioner, for the lives that we're trying to lead, I believe that these mindfulness practices are essential to capture what our Judaism is about and can assist to transforming, that's our key word, the totality of how we relate to our daily existence. And that's essentially what the book was about that I wrote. Because according to Judaism, we believe from our spiritual sources and our teachers that the world does not, cannot, would not exist without God's constant presence and participation. And when we look at it from this perspective, what God is doing is recreating the world at every moment, moment by moment by moment. And that means that with that awareness, with that belief, with that being part of our spiritual tradition, our invitation to Dveikus and we're going to use the word dveikus as a means of connectivity, complete connectivity, which is one of the mitzvos, which is one of the commandments of our Torah, to be davuk, to be attached, to be fully connected. It can only occur 
in the present moment. And here's one of my favorite lines from the book, and then there are a lot of them. If somebody wants to make a little uh, picture of this or Instagram post, please tag us. The transformative power of the moment derives from the divinity residing within it. We're not merely connecting to the here and now, but to the divinity imminent within it and within ourselves. And what this means is that unlike other belief systems who definitely, most most spiritual traditions would espouse this belief that it's part of their tradition to be mindful, to be connected to the moment. But I think for, for us, for our community, we have a fundamental religious need to be mindful. Like our purpose, the mantra, is what David HaMelech, King David, writes about in Tehillim, that ve'ani kirvas elokim litov. Right? For me, the nearness of God is my good. Right? What's good, brother? You know, we all want the good. And the good is to be connected, to live a connected life. Connected to what? To connect to the moment? Yeah, that's great. But if we're connecting to the moment and it becomes part of our religious imperative, because the transformative power is believing that in this very moment, that's where I'm fully connected to my divine essence. And what Judaism can do is it wakes us up to our lives when practiced like this. It demands, but not in a way that it's punitive, but it's something like, hey, here's here's taking this responsibility for our lives, that we remain aware, that we remain attentive to what we're doing. So much of what we're doing is about our intentionality, having kavana. Of course, doing the action is meaningful, but you can't compare going through your daily spiritual practices and then doing in a way where you're fully present to what you're doing. Uh, Another one of my meditation teachers, uh, Sylvia Borstein, she wrote a fantastic book called Don't Just do something, sit there, you know, which is a play on don't just sit there, do something, right? Because again, tapping into this idea of pause. She said to experience the particulars of her life as a Jew, Torah, tefillah, prayer, Shabbos, yontif, holidays, the family, that life cycle awareness, the mitzvot, the commandments. She uses all of these stepping stones, these these touch points as focusing tools that direct her to the truths that she needs to know, and they all serve as ways for her to talk about and sing about and manifest in the world the truths that she needs to remember. Our spiritual service is constantly waking us up to just what we need to be remembering, right? And if we're not reminding ourselves, if we're not paying attention moment by moment by moment, then, you know, we're not here. So the mitzvot, the commandments, our spiritual teachings of our faith are constantly calling upon us to not disregard the present moment by getting lost in the worries and thoughts about the past and future. And I'm going to remind us, myself, of of the quote that we bring up again from Dr. Frankel, um, who says that in between stimulus and response, there's that space. And in that space lies our power to choose our response. And in our response lies our growth and our freedom. And we all have bechir chavshis. We all have free will. Mankind was given free choice in everything but the ability to reject free choice. And you get thinking about all the different philosophical ideas and how much free choice do we actually have. And instead of getting caught up in that, what do we have the power to choose? And it's always going to be 
our responses in this moment. And sometimes for Dr. Frankel in Auschwitz, it was how he relates to his suffering. He wasn't able to choose what he was going to watch that night on Netflix, but he was able to choose his emotional reaction to the hellish circumstances that he was in. So in this area, in this arena, we're always compelled to choose, and these choices are going to be ever-present. So what our Jewish mindfulness can alert us to is not the present moments of opportunity, but also to uplift and sanctify them by allowing them to be as they are and recognizing where they're coming from, knowing them without any veil, really seeing the source. And this invitation to dveikus, to connectivity, this constitutes the ultimate yichud, the ultimate unification with the divine, with the universe, with chachma, with knowledge, with bina, with understanding, with das. Das is this understanding of connectivity, to be fully fused. This das is present moment awareness with God himself, whose very name, which is unknowable, we don't express it, but we know the name that God chooses to be known by is Yud, Hey, Vav, and Hey. The Tetragrammaton suggest that the past, which is Hey, Vav, Hey, and the future, which is Yud, Hey, and Yud, Hey, are subsumed in the present, which is Hey, Vav, Hey. It's all here. He is, was, and will be. And it's all right now. So again, mindfulness is not a state. And it's not something nice to talk about on your reel. It's a practice. We're not going to achieve it. I mean, you could talk about it on your reels. And we'll, Do we have reels? Oh, I don't know yet. We do not achieve mindfulness once and for all, but rather it's a path of return. And we could even call it a path of tshuva because it's a return to truth. It's a return to the reality uh, of our lives. It's a return to God. And tshuva is the ultimate mindfulness mitzvah, but we're probably going to say that lots of the commandments are ultimate mindfulness mitzvah because they're all just commandments to remind us to be present to what's really happening right now in this moment. And in those moments that we're most clear of living the truth of our existence, we're most alive and we're most clearly living in the presence, right? These mitzvahs are not things we're going to be doing naturally. I don't think people feel compelled to put on leather boxes in the morning, but I'm happy to hear about that. If anybody feels like they're naturally called to do some of these things, or, hey, you're shaking a palm branch with a bumpy lemon. Hmm. But there's something deeper here. They are directing us to do things, to engage in activities that refocus our attention away from our natural inclinations and toward those values that lie behind the commandments. We are connecting to divinity when we're being mindful of these mitzvot, of these commandments. So the moment that we wake up, and we're going to spend some time actually doing some wake-up practices, which is all about waking up. This whole practice is about waking up. But the first words that we utter as spiritually you know, guided individuals is we wake up with a practice of modah. And really every moment is another opportunity to say thank you. Every breath becomes another opportunity to express gratitude on every breath i praise you says the medrash not just every breath is your praise which it ultimately is but living with that state of awareness so the moment we wake up to the moment we fall asleep judaism's commandments provide us with guidelines 
Here's how you can be sensitized to be in the present, remembering over and over and over again. You remember, lose it, bring it back. You've lost it, bring it back over and over and over again. That's the practice. That's the magic moment. The Hebrew word for commandment, mitzvah, is related to the word safta. Not safta like your grandma. But the word safta is connecting. It's attachment. The mitzvos, the commandments connect us to God in the present moment. So here is going to be our first mindfulness practice that we're going to do. We're just going to be paying attention to sound. And the reason that I love to start out with this practice is that it's really effortless. And that's a real quality that I want to stress. To settle back and to strive less to force nothing, to allow things to be as they are, not liking or disliking, just allowing, noticing. And of course, it's a lot easier when it comes to sounds than certain people in our lives, but we're going to get there. And it's an attentional practice. And we're going to start off in the beginning doing a lot of these, noticing how our attention has become so diffuse, so all over the place. And because of the frantic pace that we live in, we need to establish abilities and ways and practices to bring our attention back over and over and over again. And so we're going to be using the sensations of sounds as the anchor to the present moment. So taking a moment to sit in an upright and dignified posture, both feet flat on the floor, maybe having a sense that your body is supported yet at ease. And if it feels comfortable for you, just allow your eyes to gently close or simply softening your gaze. Noticing what is here for you right now in your experience and Letting yourself be just as you are. And as best you can, taking your attention to your breath, just noticing each breath and sensing how the chest rises on the inhale and falls away on the exhale. Observing this breath right here. And using your breath as your anchor to the present moment. Each time your mind wanders away from the breath, simply noticing it and, without judgment, bringing your kind attention back to the breath. Breathing in. Breathing out. Observing the rhythm and the quality of the breath just as it is. There's no need to control or manipulate the breath in any way. Simply allowing the breath to breathe with its own natural rhythm. You've been breathing for this long. Just keep doing what you're doing. And now as best you can, change the anchor of your practice from the breath and bring your attention to notice the sounds all around you. 
directing the intention and attention to the soundscape around you, to the sensation of sound. It could be external sounds, it could be internal sounds. And this, as one of our beginning practices, is a perfect object of mindfulness. Paying attention non judgmentally in the present moment. As we hear only the sounds of this moment, we don't hear any sounds of the past or the future. What is being heard in this moment? What is being heard in this moment? Some of you may notice that you're trying to identify the sound or name it or label it. There's no need to identify it or try to figure it out in any way. Simply noticing the quality of the sound and observing the sounds of each moment. Noticing where your mind is right now. Has it bounced off into the future? Into the daily planning of what's to come? Replaying or rehashing the past? Noticing where your attention goes in those silent moments and gently... With kindness, always the operative word, with kindness. Bringing your attention back to the soundscape that's all around you. There's no need to reach out and search for sounds. Settle back into receptivity. Perhaps, and there's no need to move, just having the intention to lean back, settle back, just the slightest bit. See if you can imagine placing the attention right at the opening of your ears and let the sounds come to you. Each time the mind wanders away, kindly bringing the attention back to the sounds of this moment. The sounds of this moment, the sounds that are around you, are the sounds of this very moment. Our job is to simply notice them. Perhaps you might also notice 
an almost automatic sense of liking some sounds more than others. Birds certainly register as more pleasant than the incessant beeping of the garbage truck as it backs up. Just notice this. Everything is actually just the sound of the moment. It's only a wave of sound. First, there's only the sound itself, and then the judgment, the liking or the disliking of it. You are the one who is hearing, and then you are the one who is adding the interpretation and judgment, if any. Can you let it be just as it is? Remembering the effortless quality of the sound entering into your field of awareness and just as effortlessly leaving it. Some sounds may sound extremely close to you. Others sound as if they're in the far-off distance, far away. And when we get really quiet, and if you pay very close attention, you can notice that there are even sounds inside of your body. What does silence sound like? As best you can, we're just using the soundscape as an anchor to this moment of your life. Right here. Right now. Right here. Right now. If you are finding yourself repeatedly distracted by another sensation, emotion, or thought, if that experience seems particularly sticky for you, try labeling the experience such as, ah, this is itching, or there's a judgment, this is judgment. Simply labeling whatever your experience is in the moment and then, without judgment, returning your attention as best you can to the sound of this moment, this moment of your life. Your body in this sitting pose is embodying this mindset of what are the sounds of this moment? What are the sounds of this moment? What are the sounds of this moment? And now shifting again, moving the attention away from sounds and back to the breath. Breathing in 
Breathing out. Resting in the observation of the breath and your own present moment awareness. Each time the mind may wander, coming back to the breath. This breath right here. Breathing in. Breathing out. Always right here in this very moment. Thank you for pausing with me. We'll see each other real soon. Baruch Adonai Leolam. Amen v'amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. And of course, to see more content from Pause, you can sign up for our WhatsApp status. Hit the link in the description where we post content every day throughout the day. Content from Dr. Epstein and others. Thank you for listening.